Are you ready for some football? He talks green and gold. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. Good evening and welcome, and uh, we are glad to have you in the huddle tonight. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. To all of you all throughout the great state of Wisconsin and well beyond the borders, uh, watching whether it's on the Bud Light live stream or listening uh, to us on uh, the the radio over terrestrial radio or on the app or wherever it is you're catching the program. Apparently, we have a lot of listeners in New York and the East Coast. Uh, I didn't know that, but we found that out today. So uh, welcome in to everybody that's on the East Coast as well. So where to start? Because there's a lot of stuff to decipher when you get into the uh, when you get into the the, the Packers. Uh, Patrick Mahomes spoke today. Uh, there's stuff going on in Philly. There's stuff going on in Frisco. So there's a lot of stuff happening uh, regarding the AFC and the NFC championship games coming up this weekend in Kansas City and in Philadelphia. Kansas City's going to be the first game to kick things off. Uh, be Cincinnati visiting Kansas City, and then obviously you got the 49ers on the road taking on Jalen Hurts and company. But the big story came yesterday for the Green Bay Packers, who are now sitting at home and watching all of this. Uh, is you know the saga continues. Aaron Rodgers, and in case you missed it from earlier today, uh, Rodgers appeared yesterday on the Pat McAfee show, and some of the more poignant things that were stated. We got into this discussion a little bit today, but some of the more poignant things that were discussed. You know, first of all. He got into the discussion because there's so much speculation. His, he calls it conjecture. He, he, you know, unsubstantiated conjecture. It's just there's a lot of stuff being thrown around out there. Uh, you know, here's what the teams are wanting, and here's what the Packers want to trade, and this is what Rodgers is willing to do, and this is what the Packers owe, and this is what he's thinking, and, you know, and if, you know, it's just it, there's so much going on. So it, it, to, believe it or not, in case you weren't listening, it's kind of a kinder, softer Aaron Rodgers, if you will. And on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, he was asked specifically about his contract going forward. But is the contract like something that you have to think about in this whole thing? I don't think there'd be a scenario where I'd come back and that would be the number. I think it it would definitely, definitely things would have to shift. So there you go. I don't think there's a scenario in which I come back that that would be the number. Things would have to shift. Now, does it mean he's giving money back? Does it mean that they're just going to move money around? Does it mean that he'll take voidable years? Does it mean that he'll, you know, order his agent to just say, to hell with it, I'll play for $15 million a year and call it a day, tear up my con- – I mean, what is it? So we don't know. I mean, whatever he decides to do, but whether he stays with the Packers or he gets traded, which is a very real possibility as well, as we all know, um, he's willing to rework that number uh, to obviously make it a little more cap-friendly in the sense of being able to get additional talent around him. Now, he talked about end of the season, and, you know, remember, he stayed in Green Bay for a couple of days. He sat down with LaFleur. He sat down with Goody, had these meetings. They wanted to kind of go over things, and Goody kind of alluded to that in the end-of-season presser where they didn't talk about the future. They just talked about what went right, what went wrong, kind of things to improve on, things to think about, you know, uh, what his offseason is going to look like, all that kind of stuff. And he discusses uh, rather candidly his meetings with Brian Gutekinds. Here it is. Uh, I wouldn't say that happened in the conversation. No, I don't think that would be a proper representation of it. I think it's more just living in the reality of, of what is. And what is is they drafted uh, my replacement. And if I didn't win two COVID MVPs, this conversation probably would have happened earlier. But in a year where I'm not going to win MVP, 
uh, it allows for all the different conjecture. Um, is Jordan ready? Is it time to move on? Uh, the Packers have had this uh, interesting um, uh, view on personnel from conjecture from outside the building that it, it's better to move on a year before a guy is done than a year after. And is that the, is that the mindset uh, for them deep down? Now, as an organization, they're obviously not going to say any of that. Um, why would you? There's not a whole lot to be won. And, and often, unfortunately, in times, as uh, you know, was mentioned by Mark Murphy last year, you know, uh, in a situation where there doesn't need to be sides, there can be sides that are drawn. Like there's not sides here. It's not me against the Packers. You know, it never was me against the Packers. It was a strong desire to be a part of some meaningful change uh, in an organization moving forward. And I feel like we, you know, because of some of the conversations that we had, there was some there was some good movement on that. And I'm I'm proud of some of the things that uh, that seem to change and I think they're important things that long after I'm done playing that that are going to be important for the organization to continue to embrace um, and and I think that's the, the beauty in the relationship that we've cultivated is some great conversation and some real honest and direct conversation um, that being said I'm, I'm open to all honest and direct conversation and if, if they felt like it was in the best interest of the team to move forward so be it you know that doesn't that, Again, that doesn't that wouldn't offend me. That wouldn't uh, you know make me feel like a victim. I wouldn't I wouldn't have any animosity towards the team. I love the team. I love the organization. I love the city. I love the region. You know, I'm a minority owner in the Bucks. Like I'm going to be a part of the region long after I'm done playing. Like I have I have a lot of love uh, a lot of love for what's going on in Green Bay, and I'd love to finish there. I would, and and uh, I might have finished there. You know, who knows? You know. When I talk about my future, I don't talk in any cryptic terms. I'm pretty direct about how I feel, and I am taking time with my decision. And I am, you know, not, you know, egomaniacal in a sense to think that, uh, you know, I should be able to play wherever I want as long as I want. There's two sides to this. That's a, a long statement, but incredibly interesting because he said, you know, I want to finish my career in Green Bay. And then he, then he paused. Uh, you know, because he knows what the ramifications are for what he's saying. Then he says, I might have, you know, which I wish he wouldn't, wouldn't have, but he did. Uh, but he talks about so much uh, and about, you know, obviously the guys that he would like to, to end his career with. But he did later in that interview with Pat McAfee stand down. He said, hey, look, I'm not standing on a table pounding my fist saying you got to bring these guys back. It's just merely something that's I, the ask, question was asked and I was answering the question. So, but everybody runs with all of his work, and we, do, I do it too. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm as guilty as everybody else uh, of doing that. However, in that, uh, you know, sense, you know, it, it's a very, it, it's a different sounding Aaron Rodgers yesterday. It just was. Uh, then he went on to talk about. You know, and you want to listen to this because for all the conjecture about how he wanted out and he didn't want to do this and he wanted to go here, he wanted to go to San Fran, he wanted to go to Oakland, he wants to do this, he wants to do that. He said, no, I've, I've never thought about playing anywhere else but Green Bay. Take a listen. I have never been a free agent, um, which is pretty wild. I've never gotten to the end of my contract. So to even think about being in another uniform never really crossed my mind just because – I was uh, I got a second contract in my fourth out of fifth year, five years, um, and then each successive contract was with at least a year left on the deal. So there was never a time where you're thinking like, oh, I might be another uniform. And 
I've just never thought that way. You know, even when Jordan was drafted, I thought that might be a possibility for sure. It might not finish in Green Bay. Uh, then I won two COVID MVPs, and it, you know, obviously seemed a lot less likely. Um, but you never know. I mean, anytime there's a situation where change is possible, what's the old adage, you know, that people want to say, oh, the grass isn't always greener, you know, on the other side. And I always say, the grass is green where you water it. And I think that's the most important thing to remember. Uh, change is, is a part of this business, it's a part of life. And I think being open to it and embracing whatever that change looks like is an important part of coming to peace with whatever decision lies lies ahead of you. And I think that's the most important uh, kind of piece I want to get to is um, mentally feeling good about uh, where I'm at. If I want to hang it up and, and do that, uh, having the peace to do that, if I want to keep going, um, understanding all possibilities that are involved. So... He, he kind of waffles a little bit, and he had said all along he's not making a decision today, so don't bug him for it. You know, much like uh, Brady the other day with Jim Gray where he dropped a bunch, of, a couple of F-bombs. I shouldn't say a bunch, a couple of F-bombs. Basically saying, hey, if I'd have known what I effing wanted to do, I would have effing done it. Um, so Rodgers is just very candid, very honest. Uh, I will say this, though. When you say be careful what you wish for, and the old adage is the grass isn't, isn't always greener, it's where you water it. Um <laughs> Excuse me. It's 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 whether or not you have enough fertilizer to make it grow. And you're right. You got to water it. You got to put the effort into it. But if you go to a team that doesn't have enough fertilizer to make everything grow, then your hopes and dreams of getting to another Super Bowl, they're 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 moot. It's not going to happen. You know. So I, he can go in and do everything he can possibly do. He can go in and go to every OTA, go to every team meeting. He can call guys to his house. He can have barbecues. He can do every damn thing. But if you don't have the talent, you're not going to get there. So the question has to become that if you run this back, is there enough talent around him in Green Bay where the grass remains green if you water it? So that, that's, a, that's a great point right there. And then he talked about, and you got to listen to this, because he talked about retiring uh, and he wants to be a Packer. When I think about that thought, because it's important to, to understand that, to have some peace with that, because there is a lot that's out of your control, um, it's not with any malice. It's not with any animosity. It's with complete gratitude for an incredible organization that's done a ton for me. I've been there 18 years. I have lifelong friends in that organization. I have lifelong memories. I've made some of my closest friends in my life because I was drafted by the Green Bay Packers and they paid me multiple contracts and had amazing success and met some just really special, special people. So why would I have any animosity toward that, you know? And on the flip side, I hope there wouldn't be any animosity if that was a decision at some point because I have nothing but love for the fans and the and amazing people I've met over the years at different events and out at fresh time at the grocery store or at Barnes & Noble picking up some books or whatever oh. it might be. It's a it's a beautiful, a beautiful town. So... Um, you know, I think there's there's been uh, a, a lot of a lot of fun dreaming about retiring as a Packer because there's something really special about that. But if the competitive hole is is uh, still needs to be satiated and and it, it's time to move on, then I, you know I hope everybody would uh, would look at that with uh, a lot of gratitude and not any uh, resentment or even on the flip side, you know, yeah, let's get rid of this old guy. Like it's you know, it's time to time to move on. I hope there's some gratitude on on both sides if that happens. But again, uh, that doesn't that doesn't uh, open 
you know, the door for any really conjecture, honestly, on my side. And I'm not saying that to be cryptic. Um, I got to figure out what I want to do. And then, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see where all the parties are at and, and, uh, and what kind of transpires after that. It's like he listens, you know, because uh, for, you know, all the talk last week was he's being very cryptic. He's saying certain things and waffling back and forth and wanting people to think certain things. And today that's not once but twice. And just those two cuts in a very long interview, he used the word cryptic. He's not being cryptic. So, um, and again, it sounds like a very much, uh, I'll say this, for this time of year, it's a very energized Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think there's any doubt he's coming back. It's where he plays. And, uh, you know, as we talked about it a little bit earlier today, that, you know, the majority feels that he's still going to end up in Green Bay, but there is a growing possibility uh, for belief, for whatever reason, that uh, he could end up uh, being traded to someone else. But uh, that, you know, pretty far down the road, he still has to make a decision on that. So some interesting stuff there from Aaron Rodgers. But uh, and one of the other things in that last cut, talking about retiring a, a Green Bay Packer, and I thought was interesting, was the fact that it sounds like it's a little different tenor from what it was last week where a lot of people were just mad. A lot of people were angry, like, ah, oh, God, here we go. And I was one of them. Here we go again. This is garbage, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, okay, I um, accidentally, maybe in my mood, maybe in my tenor, maybe in my candor, maybe in my crypticness, I lit the fuse. And people are pissed and they're blowing up. Today or yesterday, really, it sounds like he's kind of putting it back a little bit. He's saying, look, I love this town. I love these people. He starts naming off places that he goes, Whole Foods, Barnes & Noble, talks about the people in the organization without getting into a bunch of names. But, you know, it, it very much sounds like a guy who, who steps back and goes, okay, I really appreciate where I'm at. And with all the talk from the last 72 hours, after Adam Schefter breaks in the, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's a high possibility or probability the Green Bay Packers or whatever the hell he said uh, could trade Aaron Rodgers away, all of a sudden I think Rodgers went, whoa, wait a minute. I, my, my goal has always been to be the greatest Green Bay Packer ever, and that means i got to win another Super Bowl with the Packers. So I, I don't necessarily want to leave. I don't want to get out of that organization. Not yet. You know, if we can run it back one more time, I can give you everything I got. Let's try it, you know, with this group and, and with some of these guys. And so it, it just it was a very different tenor, very different toned Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show this week. We are broadcasting live. We're out here at the uh, New Berlin Ale House, which is a tremendous place. If you've never been here, it's, it go back years and years and years. It's the old Kuglich's Bowl. And uh, it, it's such a fantastic place. And uh, we've been coming here. As a matter of fact, I walked in tonight, and uh, one of the bartenders said, hey, it's been about a year, hasn't it? And it has. It seems like every time I come here, there's snow on the ground. It's cold outside. And uh, and we're doing the show. But uh, good crowd always in this place. Uh, huge bowling alley next door. Uh, and this is one of the bigger bars in the area uh, by far. I mean, this holds hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. So if you want to come on out, get yourself some Bud Light specials, some Bud Light giveaway stuff coming up tonight. We are brought to you by our friends, obviously, at Bud Light. It's our second to last Bill Michaels huddle of the season, of the season. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We're back. Glad to have you on board this evening. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show is going to join us. Mike Clemens, our on-the-site uh, you know, reporter up in Green Bay, covering the Packers. He's going to be with us uh, after the top of the hour uh, as well. We're going to have Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Uh, ben Kenny and I are going to make some picks for upcoming this weekend. So we still got a lot left to go. Uh, going back to Rodgers real quick, and the question is, and I saw it on, uh, on uh, Good Morning Football this morning over on the NFL Network. And they said, where is Aaron Rodgers better off? What's the better situation for Aaron Rodgers? And when you ask about better off, you know, you know, is it for Aaron Rodgers or is it for the Packers? Packers monetarily obviously would, would be, you know, better off. They, you know, absorb a cap hit for one year, and then you begin to move on and you start whatever process it's going to be with Jordan Love, and then you kind of go from there. That's your jump-off point, okay? Where Rodgers is better off, Rodgers, to end his career, you know, now think about this. I don't even know if it's his decision anymore. I think if he wants to come back and says, I want to run this thing back, I think it's probably a 50-50 thing. Um, But I go back to what Brian Gutekind said at the end of the season presser when Aaron said if it's a mutual thing. Brian said, Aaron gives us the best chance to win. He talked about Jordan and all that kind of stuff. And when Jordan would start, he said, but right now, Aaron gives us the best chance to win. And then in addition to that, he said, uh, I don't know Aaron. Aaron would not think it's not mutual. You'd have to ask him. Remember when he said that? So think about this. Where are you going to go where it's familiar? And you're already ahead of the game. That's Green Bay. You talk about building trust with wide receivers, right? How long it takes, the rapport, the relationship, the knowledge, the hand signals, all the things that have been bandied about over the years, right? Why would you want to go anywhere else? Why would you want to start over for what may be your final year? So logically, think about that for a second. Um, Then there's Matt LaFleur and the system. You know it. You've helped Matt develop it. Your guy, Tom Clemens, is there. Stenovich is there, who he really likes and enjoys. All those pieces are already in place. He had a say in the offense. He had a say in the game plan. He had a say in what was run. He gets the either or. He does have command of the huddle. All those things are in Green Bay. All this stuff, remember, you got to, it's easy to say, well, he's going to go to the Jets or he's going to go to the Raiders. You know, Raiders, at least you have some familiarity when it comes to Devontae Adams. But overall, why would you want to go anywhere? If you're Rodgers, why would, for, for legacy, first of all, you want to come back to Green Bay. He wants to retire a Green Bay Packer. Secondly, for comfort, you're going to excel in Green Bay. You know, you pick up a wide receiver, you pick up a tight end, you bolster your line, your, your offense is, is back to smoking. You got a full off season to work with Watson, to work with Samari Torre, to work with Romeo Dobbs, all that kind of stuff. These guys are now in that system; they're familiar. Okay. And then the last thing, last but not least, and probably the most important, he's got a hell of an offensive line in Green Bay. He still has his guy Bakhtiari. He still has the newly signed Elton Jenkins. He still has Josh Myers, John Runyon, Zach Tom looked like the real deal, and really like Zach Tom. You look like you've got a pretty solid starting five, depending on what you do with some of the other guys. Sean Ryan's going to come back as well. Maybe you add another piece. Maybe you add a veteran. But you, you, you've got a line. You've got good weapons out of your backfield. Tight ends you're familiar with, okay? And you would assume that Tanyan, Lewis, or both are going to be back. And you're probably going to draft one, right? Why would you want to leave? 
when you talk about what's the best place, what's the best situation for Aaron Rodgers, you know, wh- why would you why would you want to leave? And that, that's a that's a crazy comment to say. Well, he it's better off for him to go to X. It's better off for him to go to you know to, to Indianapolis. Are you kidding me? Why? If your goal is to win a championship, and not just make the money, then why would you go to Indy? You know, at least Sala runs a similar situation to what Matt Lafleur runs, and you'd have Nathaniel Hackett over in in New York, but you'd still have all those other issues. You'd still have familiarity. You'd still have O line. You'd still have wide receivers. You still have tight ends, running backs, all that kind of stuff that you got to get familiar with. That all takes time. You know, would you rather come in and, and, and you know, love the one you're with, so to speak, or move on? And I just think Rodgers, just hearing him, and, and again, this is certainly my opinion, and you have the right to disagree with it, but I I would certainly say that that Rodgers is going to stay, at least wants to stay in Green Bay. I, and I think in that kind of piece that he did with Pat McAfee, he kind of set it up to say, look, if I come back, I want to come back. If I come back, I want to come to Green Bay. I want to end my career with Green Bay. I want to play in Green Bay. I'm willing to renegotiate my contract. I'm willing to change, not renegotiate, but, you know, change things around, move money around, change change it up so it's cap-friendly, change it up so we're good to go. If I leave Green Bay, it's not my decision. You know? I mean, didn't isn't that what it sounded like? So I think there's a lot there to kind of nosh on, if you, if you get my drift. But... Um, Certainly, it's been an interesting week, without a doubt. Certainly, it's been an interesting week. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to come back. Uh, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show is going to join us. I'll get his take on all of this. We'll also talk a little bit about the upcoming games this weekend, and we got a lot to get to in regards to that as well. Patrick Mahomes spoke today, went to the podium prior to practice, said after the game went home, iced the ankle. Um, it was feeling really good. Monday, Tuesday, went in for a lot of therapy, a lot of uh, different sessions and such. Did a great job with it. He said it feels really, really awesome. So that was one thing. Uh, they've got wide receivers over in Philadelphia wanting the ball. And he said, look, if I get 100 passes, I want 101. So you've got that going on. You've got a whole lot of different things happening in Cincinnati. They feel completely slighted by the rest of the world for whatever reason. Can Brock Purdy win on the road in a big game in an NFC Championship game in Philadelphia? So we've got all of that coming up. So stick around. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We'll be back right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. We are glad to have you on board tonight. We are broadcasting live at the New Berlin Ale House is where you can find us in, uh, in New Berlin. Uh, come on out. Huge place. Uh, fantastic place. Really good food. Uh, the salad, uh, I could have uh, fed a whole family of 47 rabbits with that thing tonight. It was massive. And for me not to be able to eat it all, it's massive. So, um, you know, come on out, enjoy some food, enjoy some Bud Light beverages tonight that are on special. Uh, they've got bowling going on next door and just a lot of good, happy people. As a matter of fact, there's a gentleman here. I didn't even catch his name, and I feel really bad about it, but I don't know where he went. He uh, is from Dallas, actually. He lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and he was up here talking about Dak Prescott and actually listens to the show. 
And I, I am terribly, terribly, terribly sorry because that gentleman was really cool. And we had a really good conversation. And I, uh, he is a Cowboys fan, but he's very much uh, understanding where his team's at right now. And I did not, uh, I did not catch his name, so I didn't even get a chance to say hello properly. But uh, my apologies. But if he's still listening to the program, as he says he was, uh, thank you so much for coming over and saying hi. Uh, let's do this now. Let's bring in our guy, uh, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show, joining us uh, on the hotline. Grant, how you doing tonight, man? What's going on? I'm doing good, Bill. Did you say that there was bowling at where you're at in New Berlin? Are you a good there bowler? Is. You strike me as someone who can really rip it down a lane. I I can throw it with the best of them. Sometimes if I'm drinking, it does go overhand. So you have to bear with me. But other than that, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I don't care. You don't get style points in bowling. Anyway, you can get the ball to go straight. It works. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Hey, if I can just get it down the lane without, you know, hurting anybody either side, I'm pretty much good to go. But it, it, it's yep. – I, I love – when they call it a sport, I, it's it, is it a sport if you can drink during it? Oh, those are the best sports. Those are the best. That's kind of you know. That's when you got to think about it. You know, uh, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. They they used to in baseball dugouts. I know that back in the days, back in the '60s and '70s. Hey, uh, Grant. Uh, everything that's gone on, everything that Rogers said, he uh, became a softer, likable, lovable Aaron Rodgers on this week's pay- version of the Pat McAfee Show. Uh, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got conjecture. Everybody's got a thought. And I just had somebody ask me. Said, if you're the Packers. Why is it so difficult to move on from Rodgers? And I said it, this is the scenario. It's not like you're trading a left tackle for a left tackle. You are trading mm-hmm. a Hall of Fame quarterback who has led your team to numerous playoffs, uh, Super Bowl. He has le- he, he's been one of the best of the best. He's been a, a guy that everybody has marveled at. And now you're saying, it's time, we're going to get rid of you, and we're going to move on to an era which is a vastly dark sinkhole of an unknown it could be good, it could be bad, it could be average, it could be in three years. You're saying, what the hell is this? Why did we get rid of Rodgers? You don't know. It's the unknown, I think, that scares the hell out of you more than anything, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, they're trading away the face of the franchise. You know what I mean? It would be like losing the Bill Michaels from the Bill Michaels show. Like, it's not just the quarterback position. It's the guy who's been the face of the franchise for almost 20 years. When people think of the Packers, they think of Aaron Rodgers. When they think of memories of big Packers wins and main Packers moments, they think of Aaron Rodgers. So in in some way, they're trading away the identity of the franchise and trading away Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's the biggest deal of all. Some franchises just don't do it. Like the, the Saints let Breeze play out until the bitter end, right? There's some franchises that'll just let the quarterback play as long as they want. So the Steelers did with Big Ben, right? And Big Ben probably played a lot longer than he should have. The Packers probably wouldn't have allowed that to happen. I'm interested to see if Brian Gudekin's has an ounce of Ted Thompson. If he was truly Ted Thompson, he would have traded him probably last offseason or maybe even earlier, right? If he has just a little Ted Thompson, then maybe he'll trade him this offseason, right? Maybe not as early and not as aggressive and cutthroat as Ted would have been, but still businesslike and putting the franchise ahead of any one relationship with one player, even as a player as important as Aaron Rodgers. The unknown is scary, Bill, but if there is a sport and there's an era in a sport to go into the unknown, it's the NFL. Because the NFL gives tools to teams that are bad. Useful tools. It's not baseball where it takes five years. It's not the NBA where you need a top three pick, and even then the guy's 18 years old and you don't know. In the NFL, you get tools immediately if you're a bad team to not be bad. And that's, I think, the silver lining for Wisconsin sports fans, that if there was a team that had to go into the unknown, I'd want it to be the Packers over our other two teams. 
I'll say this, uh, and I'm going to get off path here for a second, but when you pulled Bill Michaels out of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk <laughs> Network, it took an hour and a half until the final uh, bell rang on the old station that I was at, and they went bankrupt and everybody was fired. So take that. There you have it. I just thought I'd throw that out there. It was exactly an hour, a year and a half to damn near the day that once you take Bill Michaels out of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network, it founders. I hope to God the Packers don't follow the same primrose path. Okay, let's let's move on because I want to ask. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's my shot. That I don't do that very often, but there you go. Hey, let me ask you this. So, give me your opinion on the off season because there are some names that you have to think about. I would assume. Big Dog is not back. Randall Cobb, maybe, just because of the wide receiver room. Um, Al Lazard already has basically said his goodbyes. Dean Lowry's just a guy. There's a couple other you know players there that are in the mix. But what do you believe the needs are, say, in the top three or four of the Green Bay Packers going into this offseason, the draft and free agency? Got to get explosive. You got to get explosive and you got to get athletic. And that starts at wide receiver, Bill, right? Because this was the year we were convincing ourselves, well, A.J. Dillon is a good pass catcher. Aaron Jones might be your best wide receiver. You, you know, you do you smaller stuff with Alan Lazard. No, no, no. I, I want a wide receiver room with potential, guys with speed and explosiveness. And you saw the impact that Christian Watson made for, like, the third of the season that he was healthy. Right, like oh, Packers fans are like, this guy's a revelation. Yeah, that's what happens when you take a guy earlier in the draft who's got that high-level speed and high-level size. So I want some more of that, whether it's at wide receiver. I was talking with Ben on my show right before the huddle started about Quentin Johnston, who Ben is skeptical on, and I, I love Ben because he's skeptical. He's a voice of reason. Uh, Jordan Addison is another name. There's a couple elite wide receivers near the top of the draft. We'll see when things finally settle where Jackson Smith and Jigba ends up. Like any high-level receiver with great speed, with great elite traits I'm interested in, or a tight end. I, I think that's the number one priority for the Packers because if Rodgers is back, he's going to be 40 years old and he's going to need that help. And if Jordan Love is taking over, you want to put him in a position to succeed and pair him with wide receivers that are closer to his age and he can grow with those guys. On defense, they need a rusher. They need, they need guys on the front seven who are stronger, faster, bigger. Think 49ers, think Eagles. All of these contending teams just have a stable of these guys. So those are their big priorities. I think get more explosive up front defensively and at pass catcher on the offense. I would be fine if they don't retain any of those guys. If Adrian Amos, Al Lazard, if they were gone, I, I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd focus more on Keyshawn Nixon. I, I'm, I'm willing to do a 100% flush and restart at some of those offensive positions. And if that means Cobb and Lewis are gone, so be it. The only thing about losing Cobb, and I, I, he's he's the guy that, you know, learns study from, you know, go back to Greg Jennings and Donald Driver, and you start to work your way through that system, and James Jones and everybody. He was that guy that learned how to study, knew the nuances of Rodgers, and can help maybe some of the young guys. The one thing I will say, if you just start, because you lost Devontae, and we all talk about that, but you also lost Marquez Valdez-Scanley. You lost Equinemia St. Brown. Now you're probably going to lose Alan Lazard. And Randall Cobb, that's five of your your starting receivers in a year, two years. I, you know, is that the best yeah. thing for the team? Well, I think so. I talked about this last week, Bill, in that, like, I, I went back and forth with callers about Randall Cobb. And they're like, well, Grant, you know, Randall Cobb just is a leader and is a teacher, right? He's a good guy to have around. I just don't want the team on the field to get younger. I want the leadership on this team to get younger, Bill. So if Mercedes yeah. Lewis is leaving and Al Lazard and Randall Cobb are leaving, that gives an opportunity to Jair Alexander and Penny Clark and Christian Watson to step up 
be that next group of leaders, the next next group of voices that leads this team. And I think that's important, Bill, because I think the last two years, Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, or Sidney Lewis, some of these older, more stately veterans were the leaders of this team. And I think that they've been on a little bit of a retirement tour. You know what I mean? I mean, listen to Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. talk. He's about soaking right. in all of these moments because you never know when it's going to be done. And I, like, I don't want my team focused on that. I want my team focused on can't wait to play Detroit because we want to beat them up and we want to, like, we want to go kick some ass. And I don't know if the, the tenor of the team has always been like that. I think because these older veterans who have kind of been doing their last dance routine the last two years, I think that's kept the energy a little bit down. And I think that's robbed some of these younger players of an opportunity to step up and become leaders. Talking with Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show at Wisco Grant, if you find him over on uh, over on Twitter, uh, I, I want to go back because uh, when you talk about the possibility of Rodgers coming back, and I had said this at the bottom of the hour before we came to you, if I'm Rodgers, and I know there's a lot of people with conjecture about what he wants to do, if I'm Rodgers, first of all, he sounds to me like he wants to come back. Like, he just hasn't said it officially, but he wants to come back. Talking about yeah. wanting to be a Green Bay Packer, retire a Green Bay Packer and such. But you're familiar with the system. You trust the, you're getting, you've gotten trust with these young guys, these wide receivers, the backs out of the backfield, Robert Tanyan. So you've got trust. You know the system that Matt LaFleur runs. You've had a say in it. You've been able to communicate with him back and forth. You know all the calls. You know everything. And then familiarity with the O-line, with Elton Elton Jenkins, with David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers and and John Ryan. So to me, if I'm Rodgers, I don't, with a year, maybe two, possibly three left, I don't want to go to another team and learn this all over again. My best chance to win a championship is right there in Green Bay. If I can restructure my deal enough and we can do enough to run it back, you keep maybe you keep Jordan Love and give him that extension. Go ahead and do that because then you got another year to make a decision. But that way, you've got an opportunity to run it back, and hopefully if you win that Super Bowl, you can then hoist the Lombardi Trophy high and you can ride off into the sunset as the most decorated, the most winning quarterback in Green Bay Packer history in the Super Bowl era. That would uh, make a great show for HBO, for sure. Or, or Bill, yeah. if you wanted to launch, speaking of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network, maybe you wanted to launch Bill Michaels Plus and you wanted to start streaming <laughs> shows. That would be a great idea for some original content. I don't know how realistic it is. I think Rodgers is done winning Super Bowls with the Packers. I, I think this year you saw how much help he needs. He needs a lot of help, right? And Tom mm-hmm. Brady went to Tampa, and a lot of us thought Tom Brady might be cooked. I, I did. And he went to Tampa, and all of a sudden he's got dynamic pass catchers outside, and he's got athletic younger guys surrounding him. If Aaron Rodgers can find himself in a situation like that, maybe there's a chance to contend. But I don't see how the Packers get there fast enough to where the Packers can build a roster like that while Rodgers is still there. I think this offseason will be a great step in the right direction because they're going to lose a lot of the older guys, and I think they're really going to make a conscious effort to get younger and more explosive at a lot of the positions that matter, right? Like we talked about, tight end, wide receiver, edge rusher. But by the time those guys are are really ready to compete and and contribute on a winning team, Rodgers is going to be old. And and on what you said about Jordan Loveville, and I'm trying to echo this to my listeners because I believe this to be true, and I've read some stuff that really outlines the numbers that kind of back this up. Jordan Love is either going to be the Packers starter this year or he's not going to play for the Packers, right? Because if the Packers bring back Rodgers this year, they're basically committing him until the bitter end, right? This is the last opportunity they have to move off of Rodgers. So if they don't want to move off Rodgers this year, he's going to be playing here until he's done and ready to retire. And at that point, Jordan Love is, I mean, he's moving on. He's going elsewhere. So this is the offseason the Packers have to choose between Love and Rodgers. I agree with you, though, on Rodgers. 
I want to come back to Green Bay. I don't want to go somewhere else, learn everything all over again. And, Bill, this is the most important part. You saw with Russell Wilson. Like, Russell Wilson was a hero in Seattle. They defended him. They backed him up when he would struggle or when he would say something corny. If you go to a new franchise and a new fan base that doesn't have that background and that history of winning Super Bowls and playoff games with you and you struggle, they're not going to be – Russell Wilson got booed every home game he played at mile high this year in Denver. Every single home game. So – Rodgers has it pretty nice in Green Bay. Maybe the roster isn't up to par, but I'd be careful about wanting to go somewhere else because if it doesn't go well, I don't think Rodgers is going to have a good time. Like maybe he could have a good time in Green Bay, even if they're not winning at the highest level. Real quick before I let you go, Cincinnati and Kansas City down there at uh, Gaia Stadium, who do you got? Yeah. Um, Patrick Mullen has a high ankle sprain. I feel like we're just – like this is a huge deal. But weirdly, I still want to take the Chiefs. It seems like the Bengals have, have had it over on the Chiefs a couple of times, and it seems hard to beat a team four times. I know we normally say that three times, but it seems hard to beat a team four times in a row. So right. I'll pick the Chiefs, even though all the momentum seems to be with the Bengals. And obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes' injury is a big deal. And then you got the 49ers on the road taking on the Eagles. Brock Purdy is the Cinderella story, and Jalen Hurts is an MVP in the making. Who you got? Eagles. Big. I, I I'm not happy about it. I don't even see Ben Kenny with another one of his teams in the championship round. We just had to deal with him being insufferable out of Phillies, although he wasn't insufferable. I I'm just jealous. I don't want that to happen, but I think Brock Purdy's little fairy tale run here is going to come to a brutal end in Philly because they can rush the passer, they can beat guys up, and they can possess the ball. So I, yeah, I think yeah. the Eagles win this weekend. I'm pretty confident about that. All right, we got you down, home teams both. So, Grant, uh, it was a pleasure, buddy. We'll talk to you again uh, real soon, okay? Privilege, Bill. Have an awesome night. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. You can find him at Wisco Grant over on Twitter. If you want to try chime in, uh, you can get a hold of him there. And uh, it seems like uh, he used that that numbers theory. It's not that Cincinnati's better, Joe Burrow's better, high ankle sprain, anything like that, like logic would tell you, he's doing what a lot of people are doing. And they're saying, look, four in a row, three of which would then be in Kansas City, one of which was earlier this year in Cincinnati. I don't think the Bengals can beat them four in a row. I'm just going to I'm gonna bet Kansas City just because. Because it's got to come to an end at some point, right? The streak has to, you're betting on the streak rather than the teams. So that's where Grant went. So uh, something uh, something to think about. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We are broadcasting live. We're here at the New Berlin Alehouse. And a good crowd here tonight. Uh, and they continue to come in. they got some bowling going on next door. Uh, they've got some karaoke over here a little bit later on tonight. They've got good food, and the pizzas are flowing. they got Bud Light specials tonight as well, so a lot of good people. And that's, you know, the camera shot you're seeing over on the Bud Light live stream is really only about half of the building, uh, half of the room, because it's it's enormous. This bar is enormous, and then obviously on the other side uh, is a whole, you know, bowling alley, a large bowling alley, one of the bigger ones, I think, in the state of Wisconsin, as a matter of fact. But a tremendous place. So stop into the New Berlin Alehouse, whether it's tonight, tomorrow night, the weekend, uh, when you're passing it by, what have you, it's on Cleveland Avenue in New Berlin. Stop in and tell them we said hi. We are brought to you by Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We're going to be back right after this. Here we go. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. 
you the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. We are here at uh, New Berlin Alehouse. Love this place. As a matter of fact, uh, in the summertime, uh, it's not far from my house. It's probably, I don't know, 10 minutes, something like that, 15 minutes tops. Not far my, from my house. And uh, we love to jump on the bike. We'll go down. I don't want to bore you, but there's some back roads that can come into this place. We love to ride the motorcycle. they got a huge patio out back. Uh, they've got uh, big sand volleyball courts out back, too. But love to come out, get a uh, get a beverage, hang out on the patio. One beverage, because I don't really drink on the motorcycle. Uh, and uh, we just kick back and enjoy ourselves here. They have some really good food. They usually have some pretty good music here. I love this place both both times of year. Right now, the bowling is up and running, and karaoke is going on after 8 o'clock tonight. And so a lot of good stuff here at the New Berlin Ale House. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, Pike, uh, thanks for tuning in. He said the cows are fed and content, so I'm in the house and I'm tuned in. Pike, you the man. There you go. Andrew says, yeah, but if Aaron Rodgers struggles with the Jets, I mean, it's more of the same for the Jets fans. So that would be pressure-free, comparatively speaking, as far as a place to go, right? No, because, you know, much like when Favre went there, Favre did elevate the Jets. He just didn't give them what they thought they were going to get. They knew they were buying him for one year, and they were still a, a bad football team. Whereas the Jets, with Robert Sala, and what they believe was their downfall was their quarterback play. They have a good defensive front, decent defense in the secondary, a decent run game, a couple of good wide outs. They got a tight end situation that's not bad. Their offensive line was a little porous at times, but for the most part in the guard position, but for the most part the tackles were solid. So Rodgers would be expect if he would go, I'm only saying that because I don't think he is, but if he would go to New York, the expectation is you're taking us to the postseason. Um, I mean, they're so happy and giddy and thoughtful that maybe Aaron Rodgers would be there. Remember, Joe Namath put out a video saying, I would allow them to bring number 12 out of retirement, Joe Namath's famous number, to give it to Aaron Rodgers if indeed he would just come to the Jets. To say there wouldn't be pressure when Broadway Joe is saying, take my number? Are you kidding me? He'd have all kinds of pressure. So that's a... that that and plus you're in New York, plus you're in the 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 little quips here, man. You know that that he can give every now and then when he's not in the best of mood to the Milwaukee and and Green Bay and Wisconsin media and such. The little snide remarks and the little that that crap won't play in New York. You know, you talk about getting beat up. The last quarterback that left Green Bay to go to New York, they didn't give two dams about him. When you start, you know, taking pictures of your Crocs and stuff. It's like, you're a small fish in a very, very big pond, dude. Who do you think you are? And they went after him hard. You can do that in Green Bay all damn day. And Certainly not, if you not, have a huge package. There you go. And a good pair of Crocs, you're in. You know? But that didn't matter. You know, you got all kinds of different players that are in. You know, at the time, you had, you know, hell, you still had Jeter and the guys playing. And the Rangers were hot. And the Islanders were decent. And, you know, the Knicks are good. I mean, you're a small – and you still have the Giants to contend with. You're still a small fish in a very, 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 very large pond. So in the media there, they chew you up and spit you out. And I don't want to degrade our media because I think we do a fantastic job here in the state of Wisconsin. It's just there it's almost contentious just to be contentious. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't get it. And plus, if you go to that division, Todd, you're absolutely right. Don't forget, you got to face Josh Allen. you got to face Tua if Tua is capable of coming back. I mean – he was pretty. He was pretty concussed, and he's got some issues that they're going to have to monitor. Obviously, Mac Jones in New England. You're still going to have to, you know, face him. So I, I, don't, I don't. And Bill Belichick. I don't know, man. 
I don't know if that's the, the as, as Aaron Rodgers said, the grass is greener where you water it. So if your grass you think is going to be greener somewhere else, look what happened to Devontae. I'm sure he went in. I'm sure he worked with his guy. I'm sure he sat down with David Carr. I'm sure he wanted to be kind of, you know, Wonder Twin Powers activate, man, and they gave the fist bump, and they were waiting for sparks and lightning and everything to fly out of their fists, and they were just going to rule the roost. And that turned to crap in a hurry, so much so that Carr's gone, and nobody wants this guy. So it, 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 might, it was probably one of the worst things to ever happen to the Raiders was to get Devontae Adams because now you're saddled with a big salary. You maybe got to find yourself a quarterback that can actually throw in the ball. But your team and your organization is a giant steaming pant load uh, of, of stuff. It's horrible. All right, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Mike Clemens, our guy who has uh, been covering the Packers all season long and, and, you know, every season since I got into Wisconsin. I mean, going all the way back to the, you know, mid-90s, for God's sakes, early 80s or late 80s. So Mike Clemens is going to join us. We'll talk with him about uh, – because Mike's listened to Rodgers and the McAfee thing, and he'll give us his opinion on all of this. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Packers. We'll also talk a little bit more about the games coming up, the AFC and NFC Championship games coming up this weekend. Uh, coming up in about 15, 20 minutes, you're going to hear from Pete Doherty, of the Green Bay Press Gazette, and then Ben and I are going to get into the NFC and the AFC championship picks. Uh, and Ben, where do we stand? Real quick, where do we stand right now? Oh, I need to find that. Okay. Because uh, I had a two-game two, two game or three-game lead or one something game like lead. that. We both one went three lead. and one last week, actually. We shared two picks, and then we split the other two. So you okay. lead by one game. Still lead by a game. With three All games right. total left. All right. All right, there we go. If I want to be a jerk, I can just pick what you pick, but I won't do that. I'll take a shot at it. One hour down, another hour yet to go. We're live. We're here at the uh, the New Berlin Ale House. Come on by and say hi. This is a fantastic place, and we hope to see your smiling face in the door any minute now. More of the Bill Michael Huddle presented by Bud Light coming up right after this. Some football. He talks green and gold. This is the huddle with Bill Michaels. Welcome back to the program. We're glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Huddle, hour number two. Number two. Here at the New Berlin Ale House, and we are glad that you're on with us uh, throughout the great state of Wisconsin. And uh, those that are listening on the app worldwide, uh, watching the program from parts unknown. And uh, by the way, thanks to everybody for subscribing over on YouTube. Uh, which I appreciate so much. And when you do subscribe, it pops right up uh, on the daily for you. Whenever we go on the air, it'll alert you. Uh, but uh, thanks for watching on uh, the Facebook fan page, on Twitch TV, and uh, also over on following us over on Twitter as well because our uh, our viewership and our our reach and such has gone up exponentially. So thanks so much for, uh, for tuning in. Uh, joining us now on the hotline is our guy, Mike Clemens, the man on the ground. Uh, Mike, how you doing tonight, man? I'm okay, man. How are you? I'm good. I uh, It was funny because I'm sitting down today, and I start going through my schedule. We got the show out on Friday on the Grafton. We got another huddle next week, another show uh, out at Stoley's Hog Alley on Friday. And I'm thinking, you know, I'll get a little time to relax. I'm like, holy crap, we got a pack. We leave a week from uh, a week from Saturday, man. We'll be out in Arizona. 
I know, uh, and I'm already making some uh, some preparation for that. I was just reading who the referee crew is going to be and all that. Uh, right now, though, I'm still trying to figure out who's going to be in this game, and I think it's pretty neck and neck when you see that Patrick Mahomes is a full participant in practice today. What de- deal with the devil did that guy make? Right. <laughs> to be a full participant in practice, and he came out of the game with an alleged high ankle sprain. So mm-hmm. i got to go over some stuff there and find out exactly what the Chiefs are saying about that. I thought, though, at the top of your show, and it's a great thing about your show's uh, being on YouTube because you can go to it right after if you miss something or you had to get out of the car. Um, you guys did a great recap, a summary of what Aaron Rodgers had to say yesterday. And he talked for an hour yesterday, mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of fan frustration with him again. And it seems to rise in the off season because – you know, all of us that are that cover the team or cover the NFL or in the media or the, you know, the six o'clock news, they say, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still working on his decision, and I don't know if it's because of what we went through with Favre, or just obviously how valuable he is to the team, but with each one of those things, it makes him sound like he's the the culprit in this, and you know, at first there's things when you listen to him the first time around. I'm saying to myself, like, oh, here he goes again. Right. And yet, I promised myself, and I think I said this to you the other day, that somewhere in December, this guy was so giving and so uh, just, he was back to where he was 10, 15 years ago, just talking to everybody, asking questions, uh, you know, good rapport to help us figure out what the story was. He was very humble during a five-game losing streak, to be sure. He kept on getting peppered by some of the newspaper reporters that wanted him to say R-E-L-A-X or run right. the table. And you heard week after week in those press conferences in October, November, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go there yet. And he was being honest about it because I don't think he was sure about himself with the fractured thumb. I don't think he was sure about the weapons around him. And he wasn't going to com- commit to that, except after they finally got that win against the Bears, that's when he said, all right, we might have something going on here. Right. Yeah. And and you talked about it. You and I discussed it uh, not only on the air, but riding home out of Chicago, coming back. The, it was like somebody flipped the switch in the fourth quarter of that game and said, hey, by the way, you can play some winning football. It's okay. There, I'm telling you, Bill, uh, we can talk about the, you know, the problems on the offensive line at the start of the season and, and uh, you know, those guys getting to 100% by the end of the year with Bakhtiari. Elton Jenkins. We could talk about the young receivers and blah blah, or we could talk about you know the toughness of the schedule. Who knew the Giants? You know Brian Dable and the job he was going to be up, uh, the job he was going to do, turning around New York. Now he's one of the top five nominees for uh, NFL Coach of the Year, uh, deservedly. Um, but I, 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 there's there's something that's going on with this team. In where they don't have their hair on fire, and this is something that they've been talking about in Green Bay for three years, and that even Brian Gutekunst can't figure out what it is. But where the urgency against the Lions in that game? I mean, it, it seemed to, they seemed to throttle back again, right? I just it just did not seem like they were crisp or putting their bodies on the line at times. I don't know. I, I, you know, when it gets to be effort and motivation, 
boy, the fingers start pointing towards back toward the head coach, uh, yeah, or or a lack of maybe some kind of leadership on the team. You know, it was Jair yeah. Alexander who started yelling at these guys. But here's one other thing. <clears throat> There's nothing. When Aaron yesterday said, you know, everybody says yeah, the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence. Well, sometimes you just got to go, you know, where the grass is, uh, you know, is wet, you know, where, where they're watering right. all the time. Um, let's let's do that. Let's go where the grass is right now. Today, Brandon Bean is the general manager of the Bills, a team that where they were the last two or three years, building and building and building, and the way that they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs last year, this summer everybody said, ah, the Bills. That's probably going to be the AFC team in the Super Bowl, could be the winner. And here they are at the short end of the stick, didn't make it to the AFC championship. So today Brandon Bean was asked, how do you get some weapons for Josh Allen, like Joe Burrow's got with you know Jamar Hayes and and and, and T Higgins, and yeah. then you know they made that deal to bring in Hayden Hurst. And remember the Bills, they said we need more help at running back. After they lost that uh, running back earlier in the season, Singletary they were in the sweepstakes for uh, Christian McCaffrey, and he ended up taking the Forty ers deal. So here's what the here's what the Bills GM said today about that. No, they have a good team. I mean, um, they right now are on the advantage of a rookie quarterback contract. And, you know, they had some lean years and without getting too much into their build. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to suck bad enough to have to get Jamar Chase. Like he's a (laughs) heck of a talent. I'd love to have him. But you got to you got to go through some lean years to to do that. And, you know, they. You know, they were able to get Burrow one, and I don't remember where Chase was drafted, but it was pretty high. Like, And those guys are on their rookie deals. We're paying Stephon Diggs a pretty hefty number. We're paying Josh Allen a pretty hefty number. So there is the constraints of the cap, um, but they have, a, they have a really good team, and they got some good young players. And Cincinnati's going to feel that. There's some decisions to be made there in this offseason and and there's a lot of decisions going on in this offseason mike i mean it's not just josh allen and company and and what they're doing in buffalo it's not just what's happening in cincinnati or within aaron Rodgers. i mean there's other guys making decisions what they want to do where they want to be money that's going to be spent or not spent that kind of thing so here's a red flag micah parsons cowboys outstanding linebacker he's sitting at home watching the games on tv right he saw that clip today of brandon bean saying you know, they, they got a quarterback that's on a rookie contract. And someone else had posted, yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, the four quarterbacks that are in the tournament still, they're still under, you know, that except for, you know, Patrick Mahomes, they're still under the – they're on, on rookie deals. Yep. And so he, Micah Parsons puts that up and says, hmm, interesting. In other words, he's taking a shot at Dak Prescott. Like, we paid this right. guy and it's taken away the resources that we need you know, to get to the next level with the right. Cowboys. That's the huge controversy. And then people wonder, you know, Aaron Rodgers, oh, he's so arrogant. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So here's Tom Brady with Jim Gray, who he's been doing a podcast with. And that's his buddy. Yeah, Jim Gray, well, he was the one that did the, the LeBron um, decision broadcast, right? right? And right. Jim Gray is, is a guy who seems to – you know, have the access to these athletes, but he, you know, the, he asks these tough questions, but these guys seem to hire him for that. So, yeah, here's his buddy, 
and Jim Gray is doing his weekly pro, uh, podcast with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald, and he asked Tom this question this week. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. All right. Hey, well, there you go. Okay. Um, Let me ask you a question. Why does Brady get away with that and Aaron Rodgers doesn't? Everybody calls Aaron Rodgers arrogant and selfish and and not got any friends. And all all he does is think about me. You know, why does he just talk about MVPs and not Super Bowls? You know why? It's because Brady's got six rings. Yeah, he's got a pocket full of change. Think about it. Everything that Rodgers has done, particularly in the offseason, and these last two or three years is, I want what Tom has. I want what Tom has, okay? I didn't have Belichick. I didn't have Robert Kraft as an owner. And so if you guys want me to come back, then you're going to listen to me the way Brady was listened to in New England. And if you want me to come back, then you better start giving me the guys that I want, or I'll go find them like Brett did. Brett went to the Jets for a year, but he really wanted to go to the Vikings because of their roster. Not just right. playing the Green Bay Packers twice a year. They had a roster. They had Adrian Peterson and Sidney Rice, and, you know, they had plenty of weapons. Percy Harvin, for crying out loud. And so Rodgers wants what Tom Brady wants, and he just won't come right out and say it. But he's made a lot of progress. The Packers, you know, Mark Murphy and those guys, they're listening to him. They are taking his input. Now, the next thing, you know, is that he's – now he's asking for six players. You know, Brady went to the Buccaneers because he saw that they had a roster and they would bring back Gronk. He thought they had a decent coach, a decent GM. You know, they would bring in a veteran like Leonard Fournette, and they won themselves a Super Bowl, brought in Sue. Rodgers is asking for six players, Mercedes Lewis, David Bakhtiari. Mason Crosby, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Alan Zard. That's, that's a long list. And you're taken away from Goody, who gets you a wide receiver. I found this stat today, Bill. Christian Watson, he averaged 9.3 yards in his targets and 2.26 yards as a route runner, as a, as a rookie. Now, those they sound small. That's actually a very high average in, in this particular stat. Christian Watson... The last five rookies to match those numbers that Christian Watson had in the second half of the season are Jamar Chase, Cincinnati Bengals, Justin Jefferson, Vikings, Washington's Terry McLaurin, who beat you in Green Bay, the Eagles, who traded away for A.J. Brown, and the 49ers' Debo Samuel, all guys that have torched you against the Packers. Right. Yeah, and Christian came on at the end, no doubt about it. And that's why you've got a lot of optimism. You're hoping you can kind of pick up where he left off uh, with a full off season to recuperate, heal, work on his body, get bigger, stronger, faster. Um, Mike, the one thing I'll say, uh, and going back to the Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers comparison, and Aaron wanting what Tom has, in the I want to be respected category, I understand that. But we know, you know, Brady's a different cat. Rodgers has admitted to it that when you talk to him, Rodgers has other interests. Brady's all football all the time. He's a different cat. He's He's got a different want and will to win. And to me, that's what makes Brady different. 
Uh, Brady's a different personality. He's got much better people skills, I guess, uh, or at least in, just in terms of his incredible level of, of uh, as a competitor and, you know, walking through the building and everything. And, you know, Rogers is, you know, Rogers is a cat. He's not a dog. Brett Favre is a dog. Tom Brady's a dog. Aaron Rodgers just, and he's the first to admit it, he's a different kind of guy. He's extremely smart. I, you know, I've been on the phone now with one guy who used to be part of the Packers staff. Is actually part of the Eagles uh, PR staff now. And another guy who's now out of the NFL but used to work with Rodgers every day with the Packers staff. And they say, we can't believe that the team just lets him get away with this. We can't believe how hard that they don't come on and say, man, you're killing yourself. Do you realize right. that? Right. They, they, they're kissing his butt so much that they don't – their PR people don't even – they're not shepherding him. They're not advising him. They're doing, they'll tell him what questions they think he's going to get, but they're not, they're not chasing him down. And I don't know right. if he's got a, a marketing guy, but he was on for an hour yesterday. And he – you know, the problem is he talks so much, he thinks so much, he analyzes so much that you begin to think that he is so selfish, and it's just like, no – this is just the chemist that you've got. This is how deep he is. The other thing about it is this is the part where LaFleur and anybody in that organization, players and all that, this guy is so smart. You know, maybe it would be great if we could bring him on as an assistant coach. But, you know, he knows so much about football that he has, he helps us all being around there. And Mark Murphy talked about it specifically in a note he puts to the fans about this guy's leadership. I mean, he is he is more vocal this year than ever before. And and even and then during an hour conversation yesterday from his house in Malibu, Malibu, he says that both he and Tom Brady have been given time from their teams to step away before committing to, you know, 19th and 26th seasons or whatever it is. You know, Tom's been playing a long, long time. He deserves the right to take as much time as he need. I've been playing a little bit less time, I think five or six years. still think that you know, should warrant, uh, you know, an ability to take some time to make this decision and to weigh all the options. I don't think you can wake up on January 24th and, and say, all right, I'm ready to, you know, go run this thing back. You know, I think even when you're in the midst of a career, in the middle of a career, there's always, you know, moments you're like, man, I just, I need a couple more months, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you like he said, you wake up and you go, ah, do I want to do this again? You know, I, I understand all of that at your age. You know, at 39 and Tom Brady even older than that. I get it, you know. But I, I, I still might go back to, for people that have any speculation, Brian Gutekind said unequivocally they wanted him back. And remember the whole wavering because Rodgers even alluded to the fact, well, if they want me back. And Goody's like, why, why wouldn't we want him back? You, you'd have to ask him why he's saying that, not us, because we've stated what we want. And then he went on as far to say, you know, yeah, Jordan's got a lot of talent. We know what Jordan can do. We don't know if he can win and this and that, on and on. And then he said, Aaron gives us the best chance to win. Right. I mean, he said it. So, And I still think they believe that. Two years ago, it was Aaron Rodgers after the draft. And, you know, the frustration's there. So, you know, the, the team trying to figure out, well, what's he upset about? <laughs> and then, you know, a year ago, they were begging him to come back. Begging him. And that they had made a lot of progress, and that Rodgers, you know, after that one holdout and waited till right until the start of camp to decide whether or not he was going to return, um, 
you know, it opened doors with those guys. And, and so a lot of what you heard, just in that last clip, that's the way Rogers will talk to you after the microphones and the cameras away. And, he, you know, he makes a lot more sense. And I just wish that maybe he worked on, you know, coming up with better sound bites uh, than some of the things that he does say. Because when he gets a little snarky, that's the clip that everybody uses. And you right. say, oh, this guy's a real jerk. So I'm not defending him. I'm just telling people I have the advantage of seeing this guy three times a week, you know, and standing there in the locker room hanging out and, you know, swapping candy bars. I mean, just this is the way he is. Uh, this is why you don't hear that many players you know, trashing him. Now, there's lots of other things that, that he does do that are negative and kind of arrogant, but that's, you know, that's the NFL. It's, it's for big boys. But Gutekunst, after two years of begging him to come back, now looking at $60 million. By the way, I was thinking about this. Who else makes $50 million or more in the NFL? The commissioner? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right? <laughs> you know, if Aaron Rodgers is trying to check all the boxes – the yeah. last one is, and I make more than Roger Goodell. Yeah, right? finally. Somebody does, right? Right. So Gutekinds, the very, I mean, he was prepared as could be. It's a half-hour press conference week before last. And he was asked, do the Packers want Aaron Rodgers at age 39 back for 2023? Yeah, like I said in the bye week, I think, uh, you know, I want all these guys back. That's that's part of that. Um, he's certainly going to take some time. You know, I think that's, you know, that's fair. Um, and as we work through this, I think um, uh, as he takes his time, kind of makes his decision just on his playing career in general, then we'll get together and, and move forward that way. See? That's it's it. Off, it's off his plate. As a, do I want him back? Uh, is Jordan ready to go? Am I going to really pay him $60 million? Am I going to have to ask him to take a break in his contract? Am I going to cut all his buddies? Hey, we're not talking about it. He's got to decide if he's a player first. That way, right. I don't have to answer your questions. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yep. It's all. Uh, I'm going to put it all on Rogers. He needs to decide first if he's a player. If he's a player, we still have him under contract, and then and then we'll talk about step two, step three, step four. Mike, That's great it. stuff as always. And uh, I'll say this: uh, I'm looking forward to Friday, just kind of chatting like this, and couple of two, three, four segments, and and getting deeper into this because there's so many layers to that onion from the last couple of days. Yeah, uh, Friday in Grafton from 10 to 2, live yep. and in person, right? We'll be there. See you at we'll the distillery, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Yeah, Mike's alluding to the uh, the distillery in Grafton. We're going to be there on uh, on Friday. The show is live, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Doors open up at 11. And come on in. You can win yourself a 55-inch big screen TV. Compliments of our friends at Bud Light, the distillery. And uh, they're going to run some lunch specials, Bud Light specials. They've got whiskey there. If you want to take the rest of the day off, come out and have yourself a nice whiskey. Sit back, relax, enjoy yourself, and see if you walk home with that 55-inch big screen TV. So come on out. And, again, it's all brought to you by our terrific friends at Bud Light. We went way late. But an incredibly compelling conversation. So my thanks to Mike Clements for coming on the program. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, give you a couple of quick thoughts, a couple of things going on around the rest of the league, and then we'll get into making the picks for the AFC and the NFC Championship games upcoming. Stay tuned. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. We are at the New Berlin Ale House and a terrific place, just a wonderful, wonderful place. If you're looking for a place to go, a great place to eat, do a little bowling, hanging out, karaoke, music, whatever it happens to be, or just watch games. Big screens everywhere. Come on out and say hi. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. 
Good to have you back. Welcome. Bill Michael Sutter. We are broadcasting live at the New Berlin Ale House, which is where you can find us. Good crowd here tonight. Good stuff. And our friends at the New Berlin Ale House reminding you, we're brought to you by Bud Light. They still have Bud Light specials the rest of the night. They've got, <laughs> excuse me, some food specials going on, uh, bowling going on next door, some karaoke happening later on this evening. So if you're looking for a good night out and you still have some time to come on out and say hi, otherwise... You can uh, you can swing by anytime. I highly recommend it. Um, it's easy to find a seat because the place is just so damn big. So come on in and uh, you know enjoy yourself at the New Berlin Ale House. And I can't even begin to count how many big screen TVs they have around here. I mean, like big projector screen, probably four, three or four. And then they got TVs everywhere. You can't uh, swing anything in here without hitting one of them. So uh, they're all over the joint. So check out our friends at the New Berlin Ale House and come on out and say hi. So um, before we get into our picks here at the bottom of the hour today, if there was ever a doubt about his availability for the AFC Championship game, uh, Patrick Mahomes put an end to it today. He went to the podium. He said, AFC Championship week, ready to go. That's it. After uh, suffering the high ankle sprain in the first quarter of the game this past Saturday, uh, he was listed, by the way, as a full participant. Mahomes said the ankle has progressed uh, since the game against the Jaguars, he said, it's doing good. I've done a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab, excited to get onto the practice field and kind of test it out and see where I'm at, but it's feeling good so far. Uh, he said, I feel better than I thought. And I said, I thought Monday would be a day where you're not even walking, you're on crutches. And instead, he said he felt a little bit better. He said, I felt better than I thought I was going to after the game. Moving it uh, during the game definitely hurt, but after the game, I was able to rest, ice it up, do a few things like that. I felt it felt a little bit better in position, and obviously the next morning felt even a little bit better then. And then I've continued to get better throughout the week, so we'll see how it feels today at practice. So we get all the information, the interviews, and the practice reports prior to practice. Then they go practice. So tomorrow, when they, a lot of the reporters go to the locker room, that's when you're going to find out, you're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes and say, okay, how is it today? After running around on it yesterday, by the way, it's going to be cold uh, in uh, in Kansas City. They're talking about 15 degrees with wind chills, single digits or below. So it, it's going to be a cold game down in KC. And man, that thing, I can stiffen up on you in a hurry. Um, a home style of play, we all know that it changed in the second half of that game. For whatever reason, the Jaguars just didn't come after him too much. But that being said, uh, you know, he's still... You know, was able to push off, able to still make some throws. He said the right way. I'll push it a little bit today, and then the next day, and then the next day, and again, see what I can do then. Not to aggravate the injury, he said, obviously, but push it to see where I'll be able to play on Sunday. So that was from Patrick Mahomes. Meanwhile, out in San Francisco, uh, the top two running backs did not practice today. McCaffrey has a bruised calf muscle. Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell has a groin issue. Uh, Shanahan said Debo Samuel with an ankle sat out of today's practice as well, but he he's going to be ready to go. They're just doing it more as precautionary. The left tackle Trent Williams also did not practice today, getting his regular day rest, and uh, Shanahan didn't make any promises about all the availability for Sunday's NFC Championship game against the Eagles. He just said, I expect them all to be out there, so there's no guarantees, though, especially with it being the NFC Championship game. You would assume they're going to be there. I think there's a better chance they'll be ready since there's nothing guaranteed after this. So hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed. And that's the very coy Shanahan when you talk about uh, the 49ers position in all of this. Then uh, you've got um, the announcement that came out that uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, 
all among the MVP finalists uh, for the season. So that was announced today. Meanwhile, in Cincinnati, two of the Bengals' top offensive linemen did not practice today. Uh, right guard Alex Kappa has that left ankle. That left ankle looked gruesome when he left a couple of weeks ago. Jonah Williams continued to deal with lingering injuries as well. Kappa recovering from the left ankle while Williams, he's got a dislocated kneecap. And those things are painful, man. Painful. Zach Taylor said both players listed as day-to-day. He said, you know, every day that passes makes it a probability, uh, maybe a little bit more, but more difficult. We'll have to see, not giving away any position there. So even Cincinnati with, again, some of those injuries on that offensive line that proved costly last year in the Super Bowl could possibly prove costly again this year in the NFC Championship game. So that's kind of it. That's that's the look at the four teams that are left and, you know, you've got, you know, all these teams kind of gearing up today at practice. They're all back at it, all participating on Sunday. When we come back, Ben, Kenny, and I, we're going to look into these games a little bit deeper, start to make our picks as well. We are broadcasting live out here at the New Berlin Ale House. And we are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light is the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. It is our second-to-last huddle of the season. Next week, we're going to be at Fox's, uh, which is down there in, in Greenfield. So uh, come on out to Fox's. That's going to be our last one for the season coming up next Wednesday night. And then uh, a week from this Saturday, we'll be heading out to Arizona and starting to bring you all the coverage and all the pageantry of the Super Bowl live in AZ out in Phoenix. Stay tuned. we got a couple of segments yet to go. We're going to start picking games. Coming up next on the Bill Michaels. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We are live. We are at uh, here at uh, the New Berlin Ale House in New Berlin, and a tremendous place, as you can see, obviously. And that's just a, a small portion of it. I mean, it's just uh, you know, it's just it's everywhere. So uh, it, it's a very very large. It's about half of the building size, uh, really. Maybe a little bit even less than that. So uh, come on out and enjoy yourself. Bud Light specials tonight. Food specials tonight. Bowling going on next door. Karaoke coming up later on tonight. So come on by and say hi. So now it's time to get into um, the uh, the weekend, that is the AFC and the NFC Championship games. And let's start with Cincinnati heading into Kansas City. Um, the Chief, I, it, You know, Ben, uh, ben Kenny producing the program tonight, and uh, Ben and I kind of go back and forth on making our picks. But, Ben, it seems like a lot of people are picking Kansas City because they don't believe – the Bengals are able to do it four times in a row. Is that fair? I think that's part of it. I Honestly, I think a bigger part is we saw Mahomes walking today without a walking boot, and all reports are that, yeah, he like if you hit it again, it'll hurt. He's probably a bit limited, but it's not something that's going to be debilitating, his ankle, that is. So I think that's the big variable because if he was completely healthy, the line's even right now. I would assume the Chiefs would be at least one or two point favorites. I I think they're factoring in maybe if Mahomes is truly that hurt. But from all the things we're seeing is that he's not. I think that might be more of it. The the puzzling thing is Cincinnati has beaten them there twice. 
and in Cincinnati earlier this year. Now, every win was by three points. So it wasn't like they were blowouts or anything like that. And every win, the Kansas City Chiefs were up by a touchdown in the second half. And Cincinnati outplayed them. So with this, the rosters being basically the same, the only thing that's changed is the fact that uh, with Cincinnati, their offensive line, their, their big left tackle, their right tackle, uh, and one of their guards, they're banged up. We know that. But they played admirably last week. What changed to make people go, oh, yeah, I got to go with Kansas City on this one? It's a good question. I, I, I don't know, honestly. Um, I, I mean, the fact that the Bengals, it, it could be something of recency where the Bengals go into Buffalo and they beat them up up front. And the big question we had about the Bengals is their O-line, whether they could right. run, whether they could protect Burrow. They passed that test with flying colors. And that's a more impressive test than probably the Chiefs at home against the Jaguars. So we do, I feel like, get caught up in that moment. I uh, I look at Cincinnati, and I, I the only thing I keep seeing is last year in the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow, when he need, they needed him the most, he couldn't get a throw off. You couldn't get Jamar Chase downfield. You couldn't get T. Higgins downfield. Now, the one thing about Cincinnati is, which holds true, is they upgraded. I mean, they got a good running back tandem. I really like P. Ryan. I think he runs hard. Joe Mixon, another really hard runner. But I, th- I like P. Ryan. P. Ryan is kind of like the, the more physical version uh, of Aaron Jones. And Mixon is just a, 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 you know, a behemoth. He's just a bowling ball. But they went out and got Hayden Hurst. And Ty, they have Tyler Boyd, the other wide receiver. But they went out and got Hayden Hurst. He adds another dynamic to that offense. So for as much as I talk about Cincinnati, the one thing Cincinnati's feeling, and we're going to hear from Mo Egger of ESPN Radio in Cincinnati tomorrow on the show on this, is the disrespect that they feel. Why are so many people picking against them? So tonight as we sit here and we break all of this down and we look at Patrick Mahomes and we look at the ankle and all that, I got to tell you, I'm kind of thinking I'm kind of going in the way of Kansas City. If I had to pick this game, I might pick Kansas City by a point in this thing. It's Groundhog Day from last last super uh, the whole playoff run and then the Super right? Bowl. You picked against the Bengals every single stop, and then they won. I, I, I know. I just i I think I've got the and um, my buddy Joe called it Wisconsinitis. As Wisconsin Badger fans feel like, no, we can't win this. Brewers fans feel, no, we can't win this. We're good. You get excited, but stop, stop, stop. We're not going to win this. We know we're not going to win a championship, so just stop. We No, we can't think. The last person that made us a believer was Giannis. And we got excited last year with the Packers. And, and the Packers are more recent champions, so you kind of go, okay, you know, you can do this. But when the Badgers start to get good, you're thinking, oh, my God, they're going to win the West. This is going to be awesome. And this is their year to go beat Ohio State. But you know going into it, you're like biting your nails going, oh, crap. Yeah, we're not going to win this. We're not going to get into the Final Four. We're not winning an NCAA championship. We're Nah, we're not going to do this. That's kind of where I think a lot of Bengals fans are. And I think I'm caught up in that because I, I just think back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, they've got something special in Joe Burrow, don't get me wrong. But I remember leaving that state, leaving that city in 1999 to move here and saying that as long as Mike Brown was still the owner, they're never going to win a Super Bowl. As much as I would love to see them, I grew up rooting for them, and I grew up rooting for the Packers. But as much as I would love to see them, I think maybe this run ends on Sunday in Kansas City. So I'm taking the Chiefs. Unfortunately, I do agree. I wish I could go back to the Bengals just for the sake of being right, as I was throughout the last playoffs. But I'm with you. I think the difference here is what Mixon can do, as you mentioned. It's also Isaiah Pacheco on the Chiefs' side. 
That, that kid was like a fifth-round, sixth-round pick from Rutgers, comes in, and their running back room's been weird. They A lot of uh, passing work to Jarek McKinnon, but he's been that physical runner that they've needed. So when they had to grind the game out against Jacksonville, when it did get close, a lot of that was Pacheco. So it, yeah. I think he'll have a lot of success. I, I just don't know if what Cincinnati did last week is completely repeatable. Like, they won everywhere. And even when the Bills had chances to hit on deep balls and hit explosive plays, Josh Allen kind of just missed them. And I don't think Mahomes will do the same. So there's that part of it. There's the part that the Chiefs, a fifth straight AFC title game, like it's it's kind of become the, the Chiefs invitational, if you will, the Arrowhead yeah. invitational, like we saw with Brady during his prime years. And they've lost a good amount of these games. So I, eventually you would think they would get over the hump more consistently. Right. But again, that is something that kind of plagued Andy Reid through his time in Philly as well. But I'm with you. I, I'm going to take the Chiefs because I think Mahomes will be able to do enough. And I, I don't think the Bengals can do what they did last week. If the Bengals put pressure on Mahomes and they come after him, and I would assume they will, the way they did against Josh Allen last week, keeping him in the pocket and then hitting him, whether he was sacked or whether he was throwing the football and hitting him and taking him off of his game and making him throw just a little bit off, they will beat up uh, Patrick Mahomes if he cannot run. And then the other thing to watch is Juju Smith-Schuster against Eli Apple. Eli Apple's not that good. He's a guy that uh, does a lot of turn. He's an oh-crap guy. Talks a lot. He talks a lot, but he's the oh-crap guy. He's the guy that gets caught looking in the backfield, and all of a sudden here comes over the top, and he's like, oh, crap, and he starts running. And if it's not on the money, it falls short. It goes off the fingertips. It's an overthrow, whatever it is. And then he acts like he was the best cover corner in the history of the league. And so, but watch that matchup because if they're going to score and they're going to score deep, it's going to be, I believe, Juju Smith-Schuster or maybe even every now and then you go to Marquez Valdez-Scantling over the top and it's going to be Eli Apple that's going to give it up because he's just, he, he's an overhyped cover corner and I don't have a lot of faith in him. But I, I, I just get the feeling that they are going to unload everything in Cincinnati um, with uh, their defensive coordinator. He's going to unload everything on Mahomes and say, I'm going to see what you got first before I show you what our defense is. So they're just going to come after him and try to beat the hell out of him. So that that's the, one of the other reasons I would say if Cincinnati gets success, it'll be because Mahomes just he's he's kind of defenseless out there with that bad ankle. So Yeah, I will say, though, I mean, the Chiefs at this point probably have more dudes up front defensively than the Bills yeah. do after losing Von Miller. Like That's kind yep. of been a weakness, and that whole defense, really. They have more dudes up there with Chris Jones. And, and they should be able to get after Burrow against his backup offensive line. So it could end up going both ways. It could just be which quarterback has more miraculous stuff in the second half. You talk about getting the most, like Devontae Wyatt came on at the end of the season after Dean Lowry went down. George Karloftis has played a hell of a year at that left defensive end uh, up there for, for Kansas City. I mean, he's been really, really good. They got a lot out of Jalen Watson. They got a lot out of Trent McDuffie. So uh, they, they've been a, a really good drafting defensively team. And like you talked about Pacheco as well, he's been a contributor. So uh, they've gotten the most out of those young guys. So we'll see. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. The night game, the game that Ben Kenny is salivating over. Hang in there. We are broadcasting live. We are here at uh, the New Berlin Ale House. We are in New Berlin. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. We got more coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. 
Bill Michaels Huddle. We continue on. Final segment before we get out of here. By the way, Jamie Eisner, who uh, writes with uh, the NFL, says, uh, where will DeAndre Hopkins end up? And they put out the odds. Uh, if he's not going to be in Arizona, the betonline.ag, which is our guy Jimmy Shapiro, uh, says that the number one landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins, the Green Bay Packers, if Aaron Rodgers stays, I would assume, if Aaron Rodgers stays, the Chiefs, number two, Patriots, Ravens, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Browns, Chargers, Jags, Bucks, and Raiders after that. But DeAndre Hopkins, what's he got left? You know, he's been banged up, but what's he got left? He'd be a hell of an addition, without a doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you've got something to say, you can say it real quick before we get out of here. The Eagles are hosting the 49ers. Eagles receiver A.J. Brown said, they throw me the ball 100 times, I'm going to want it 101. Uh, Me personally, I just feel like I can change the game at any point. Getting the ball often keeps you going, keeps you in rhythm. It's definitely, uh, it definitely puts you in a zone. You're locked in. Of course, I want the ball. And uh, there was a lot of discussion because some people say, well, you know, he shouldn't have been saying that. He's outspoken. He's selfish. All the things that they say about Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes it depends on how you deliver it. But A.J. Brown, he's, uh, he wants the ball a lot coming from Jalen Hurts, specifically coming into this uh, NFC Championship game, Ben. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that was a, a huge story when I saw it today. He was, he was unhappy on the sideline during the Giants game, right. the 38-7 to win. But they didn't throw the ball after they got up. Like right. half the starters weren't really even in the game late, or most of the starters for that matter. So I, I don't think he is actually irritated. I just think he's very competitive, and he was he was likely unhappy that you know he didn't score multiple touchdowns and was the reason they beat the Giants. But I don't think it's a big story going forward. Plus, you we talk about leadership a lot, and people are unhappy with Sirianni because of his his uh, sideline antics. But you talk uh-huh. about from the quarterback position. I don't know what it is with Jalen Hurts, but there's he just pushes all the right buttons in terms of mood and tone and leadership with the offense on the field in in press conferences in the huddle where it, you just feel like it all works no matter what. And I guess right. it's an interesting comparison to sometimes when things go wrong here. You know what I mean? Yep. So I'm going to let you break this one down because I chose first in the last one. And since only one game, one pick separates us, I'm going to let you make this pick. I like the Eagles, and I like the Eagles a lot. I don't think I like them big. I can't see this game being more than a, a single-digit game. It could be two scores, but but by no means into the two touchdowns and more range. It's a it's a fascinating matchup of, of one team that does not want to have their quarterback try to win and instead has the rest of the team do it, and another that kind of goes by the same mold but also can win games with just their quarterback doing it. So if we get in a scenario where the Niners are down early, I think things could get really tough for them if Purdy has to try to push the ball. But if they can control the tempo, where when we've seen the Eagles lose, it's when the other team has come in, they've run the ball a lot, they've kept the offense of the Eagles on the sideline, and they've just controlled the entire game. So the Niners could do that. But even so, it's a question of, do you think this mythical Brock Purdy performance that we've seen so far, does it continue or do those jump balls and those questionable balls we see him throw up, do they finally get intercepted? And I'm a big believer in what when you put the ball in harm's way that much, when you have all these turnover-worthy plays, eventually it's going to come back to bite you. And it hasn't bit him that much. 
So overall, that, that's kind of how I see it. The, the matchups are fascinating. Talking about Fred Warner inside against all the option stuff the Eagles do. Probably the best inside linebacker in football. Uh, you talk about the Eagles' great D-line against Trent Williams and, and the Niners' offensive line. Like These rosters on both sides are just loaded uh, on both ends. Uh, secondary, up front, skill positions. So it's going to be great to see all those little matchups happen. I just think when it comes down to it, the quarterback mismatch I think is great enough where in different situations the Eagles can win different ways. I don't know if the Niners can. I look at it as uh, from from the beginning of the season when they uh, were in uh, Detroit and they won by three, and then it was, oh, Jalen Hurts going toe-to-toe with the Lions. Man, can he really pull one out? Can this defense get the job done? And then here comes the Vikings, and that was after the Vikings beat the hell out of the Green Bay Packers, and they beat the hell out of the Vikings. He went, whoa, okay, wait a minute. And then they had to go on the road, and they went to Arizona, where you know we know Kyler Murray was getting all the money, and there was all this hype about whether or not the Cardinals were going to be good, and they barely eke out that 2017 win. Well, you're coming back home. Now here's your real test with the Cowboys and all the weapons they have, and he beat them 26-17. Then later on down the road, you get the Green Bay Packers coming to town. Well, here come the Packers, and the Packers are ailing, but can you hold on? And we saw Jordan Love in the last couple of drives and such, and but they still got a runaway win, 40-33. And then they got to go on the road at the end of the season. They got to take on the Giants. They get a win, 48 22, dominated in that fashion. And then, you know, Jalen Hurts goes down in Chicago with a close win, 25 20. And they say, well, you know, that's pretty good defense. And under pressure, you know, he's not going to be able to get it done. And then they lost to the Cowboys. Jalen Hurts was out. They lost to the Saints. Hurts was out. Last game of the season. They wanted to win it. They needed to win it. They wanted the number one overall seed, 22 16. They get the win again against the Giants. And all season long, everybody was questioning whether or not Jalen Hurts has the capability to beat a really good defense. Well, now comes the number one overall, the number one scoring, just damn near number one across the board. And I agree with you in the sense that if if Hurts can get up and they can put pressure on Brock Purdy, this could end up being an ugly game for the nightcap. Uh, but this defense is gonna, of San Francisco is going to be the thing that keeps it close, in my opinion, because they're just that good. They've got pass rushers. They've got run stuffers. They've got a decent secondary. I mean, they're just, they're just good. They can get after the ball. And if you watch them play against the Cowboys, they're just fast. So the great equalizer, they always say, is the defense. Defense, great defenses will always win games. And I think this is a great defense. I just don't think that they have enough to be able to go into Philadelphia uh, and go, you know, west coast to east coast and be able to get the win. As much as I think that it's a tremendous story what Brock Purdy's doing and it's kind of that Cinderella story and, you know, we're all getting into that now as you got Tony Romo doing the commercials for Mick Ultra, you know, being the Bill Murray at the at Bushwood Country Club, I just think this is where the Cinderella story wears off. Brock Purdy will end up with his first defeat and his last defeat this season, and I think uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to get the win. But if I had to pick this thing and I had to go with, say, the, the point spread, um, I had picked uh, the Chiefs to get the win against Cincinnati. We'll pick the spreads tomorrow because right now it's like even. But the Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I think the Eagles win by ten. I think the Eagles, wow. they, they score early. I think, the you know, as much as I want to say this, and it may just be something as simple as, you know, 21-11, you know, 23-13. It may be something like that because I don't think it's going to be huge. I just get the sense that the Eagles just have more. But the weaponry that 49ers have, man, I, the Eagles are going to have their hands full. But I get the sense that if the Eagles can get up early and you put it in Brock Purdy's hands, 
a mistake or two may be made, and that could be the difference in the game. Yeah. It's big. If the Eagles can tackle in open space, then they'll beat the 49ers offense. And the 49ers defense, very susceptible to big plays in the passing game. So A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, that could be where they find the advantage. That's it. That'll do it. Our second to last one is now in the books. Next week, we're going to be live at Fox's in Greenfield. If you want to stop in, don't forget, coming up on Friday, the show is going to be live. We're going to be at the Distillery in Grafton. 10 a.m. we go on the air. 11 a.m. the doors open up. Lunch specials all day. Bud Light specials all day. Whiskey specials all day. So come on out and say hello. And a very special guest that's going to join us on site on uh, Friday at the Distillery in Grafton. We'll make that announcement tomorrow. So until we talk again, that'll do it for us. So it's time for us to get out of here. Hopefully you have a good night. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to everybody here at uh, in, at uh, New Berlin Alehouse as well. Time for us to go. Have a go. See ya. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.